message for me for the semester is always challenging, especially for the last message of the year, and I've been thinking about it and praying about it and really wrestling with it the last uh, several weeks since the last time I spoke. And uh, part of the reason, there are many reasons for that. One of the reasons is I know that uh, our seniors are leaving us and moving on in life, and we're letting them out into the world to flourish and multiply and do whatever they do. But in uh, uh, a little bit of concern, knowing that some, some uh, will not be in a worship setting for quite some time by your own choosing, uh, and that hopefully today and in the last, uh, I guess we have another junior-senior chapel on uh, Friday and, of course, Honors Chapel on Wednesday. Uh, but it's, it's, every time I preach, I, I always keep that in mind, that I only preach eight or ten times a semester, and each one I try to, um, uh, to make the most of, but I especially find it difficult the last one of the year, and I have found it difficult preparing um, so I, instead, what I'm going to do is just encourage you in something to do wherever you are in your spiritual journey, and I think you'll see the direction where I'm going. But the Gospel lesson today is found in Mark chapter 8, verses 20 through, 22 to 26. Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26, if you want to turn there. Um, the disciples have already been with Jesus for some time now. They've seen his healing power. They've seen him walk on water. They've seen him heal a deaf man. They've seen him feed 5,000. They've seen him feed 4,000. Uh, They are his closest companions. Uh, No one knows him better than they do. And yet, they still do not see clearly uh, just who Jesus is. They still do not yet fully comprehend or understand uh, what is happening. And so in these few verses that I'm going to read momentarily, uh, we'll see a physical healing take place where Jesus heals a blind man. Um, And it almost appears as if Jesus doesn't have the power to do it in one one try. uh, but keep in mind that the disciples are with him, and um, the way this miracle takes place almost symbolizes where the disciples are in their journey. So it's Mark chapter 8, verses 22 to 26. Will you please stand for the gospel reading this morning? When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch him and heal a man. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then, spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked him, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said, I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Then Jesus placed his hands over the man's eyes again. As the man stared intently, his sight was completely restored and he could see everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, Don't go back into the village on your way home. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, your word has been spoken. We have heard it with our ears. By the power of your Holy Spirit, apply it to our hearts and lives that we might be changed. Let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. For those of you who are here last year at this time, this last chapel, I gave 25 things to remember as you go your separate ways. It wasn't really a deeply exegetical message, but just some points that I just wanted to share with the seniors before they left to remember and to hold on to. And um, they were some real powerful, powerful points to ponder, like change the oil in your car every 3,000 miles. Now, that's a very important lesson. Uh, I shared uh, that number one was make sure you floss every night. Another very deeply profound, and uh, I don't know if it's biblical, but we can just pretend that it is. And as I went through the 25, I started getting a little more depth to it of, of what I hoped you would remember and uh, 
to remember that God is always enough in your life, uh, to remember that the will of God for your life is to live as Christ. And so I went through those 25 and, and kept building as we got to the 25th. And I just want to add a couple more to that, not just one or two, and then we'll move into the text. Now, this one's very important, and you won't understand that until understand it fully until you're out living on your own. Never go grocery shopping when you're hungry. This is... This is actually, it's really true. Uh, if you're hungry and all of a sudden you decide to go grocery shopping, you could be going down the aisle and you'd be like, oh, look, cherry Pop-Tarts. I, I threw up 10 years ago when I had cherry Pop-Tarts, but I just want cherry Pop-Tarts right now. And, and all of a sudden you'll find out you had a budget of $50 and you'll spend $400 at the grocery store because you went grocery shopping when you were hungry. I want you to remember, hold on to that lesson I've just given you. It's really a gem, okay? Hold on to it. But I do want to talk to you about the music you listen to and the way that we can be influenced by the music and how it can damage us and how it can harm us and hurt us. And, and I don't think we, we understand just how powerful music can be in our lives. And so I really just want to encourage you and implore you to just never, ever listen to Justin Bieber. Please. Oh, uh, You've got to oh, be uh, Now here's the problem. Keep it on. You can keep it going. The song becomes addicting. Ready? You know you love me. Right, how old? Right? See, all of a sudden, we get into the song. Right, cut it off before we get... It's just too much. Please, stay away from this boy. I don't want you... It kills brain cells. It's just real. It's a troubling, troubling artist. Yeah, I'm sure he's a fine young man, but uh, stay away from Justin Bieber. So, uh, thanks for coming this morning. I hope you all... I'm just kidding. I'll keep going, Shane. But it is a challenging message, as I've already said, because after you spending some years here at college um, and getting to know you, there's some, I guess, you know, I think all professors probably experience they want to encourage you, especially if they were your major professors. They want to encourage you and just thank you for being a part of uh, ENC and all your commitment to us and I was asked to write a little thing for the yearbook, which I was honored to do, and, and the verse that I wrote in there was Proverbs 3, 5, and this is from the message. Trust God from the bottom of your heart. Don't try to figure out everything on your own. Listen for God's voice in everything you do, everywhere you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. And I heard another song. Um, actually, I, I skipped a very important point, didn't I, Chris? There's another, there's another uh, music group I want you to avoid before I continue. Can you show that picture, please, Chris? <laughs> that is Dr. Massey in a cat suit. Uh, <clears throat> please avoid this type of music. Don't you love that your professors are willing to do that? Can you give him a round of applause that he's willing to get a question? So as I said in this verse, trust God. Don't trust in your professors that dress up in cat suits. But uh, trust God with all your heart. In Proverbs 3, 5, I read the message translation. You might know it when it reads like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will direct your paths. And there was a song by Chris Tomlin that I heard a, a few weeks ago called Awakening, and it was a beautiful, prayerful song that says, You alone, you alone, awake my soul, awake our souls, awake our souls and sing for your world, for your glory and for your honor. Awake our souls. 
And I started thinking, I guess my prayer for you, uh, especially for the seniors, if you allow me to talk to them for a a moment, but all of those that are gathered here this morning, is my prayer for you is that you will trust in God with all your heart, but that you will continually walk in a way where you will say, Lord, help me to see more clearly. Like these disciples are not really seeing clearly. Awaken me, Lord. If there's something that I'm missing, if there's something that I'm not seeing, that you want me to do or be and live, if... If there's something in my life that is getting in the way of my relationship, will you awaken that in me so that I can see that? I hope that uh, you've been awakened in your time here at ENC and that you've begun to see things more clearly, not just because of our time at chapel today, but by building relationships with friends and faculty and staff and what you've learned in class. I hope that your eyes and your heart and your mind have been opened to new things and, and you have grown in your understanding of God and your love for God. And see, as I've already mentioned in this text, It is interesting, it almost seems like Jesus needs to do a double take to heal this man, but right before this passage of Scripture, Jesus is telling them that you you don't even understand yet. You're starting to see me a little bit. You've seen the healings, you've seen the power, but you really don't understand yet I'm the Messiah. And more than that, you don't yet understand what that means and what I'm going to have to go through. So the text right before these verses of Scripture, we see where Jesus tells them in verse 22, you don't even understand yet. You don't see clearly. And then if, in the next few verses in chapter 29, Jesus asks, asks Peter, who do you say I am? And Peter replied, you are the Messiah. So though even Peter understands and states at this time that he is the Messiah, he still does not understand what Jesus must go through. He still does not understand yet all the depth to what exactly Jesus is saying. And the next few chapters of Mark are going to talk about that. And it's really not till Easter Sunday, and some would even say at Pentecost, that they would really come to a a deeper understanding of what it means, of who Jesus really is. That their eyes would be opened a little more, that their hearts and their minds and their understanding would be opened more. Jesus was fulfilling right in their very presence, Isaiah 35, 5 and 6, where it talks about the the Messiah will will heal the deaf and the blind will see. and, And that's happening right in front of them, and yet they still don't understand it. They still don't see clearly. And I've discovered in my own life that no matter how far along I get in the journey, there are still moments where, you know what, I just... I don't see clearly. There are those parts of my life where I need the Lord to awaken me and and awaken my understanding and open my mind and my thoughts to to His ways. I preached from this text um, back in August and uh, I started thinking about all the ways that we look at other people in the church or even with our own congregation or within own denominations and we can say, Lord, look at those people over there. Can you believe the worship songs they choose to sing? How can that possibly be glorifying to you? Lord, can you see that group over there, that church doesn't care anything about justice and reconciliation. How can they be a people that serve and follow you? Lord, I just don't see it. And I think Jesus would say to me and say, Corey, you're right. You're right. You're making making some good points there. And Lord, if you look over there at those people, I don't understand their attitude and their heart and, and how they can claim to be followers of Christ but aren't really truly demonstrating in their relationships with one another the way that they talk about one another, the way that they treat the people they're dating or who they're married to. How can they say to be followers of you? And I, I think Jesus would say, Corey, you're right. They, they don't see clearly here. They don't understand. They don't have the full depth and understanding. And I I can find myself going on and on thinking of this and how Jesus is in my corner, right? Jesus is always on our side. Jesus is always on your side. And I can hear Jesus saying, yes, Corey, you're right. Uh, They don't see me clearly. They don't understand. They're still missing. There's still so much for them to learn. And then the Lord would say to me, and I believe he would say to you as well, you know, Corey, you don't always see me clearly either. And there are things in your life that do not glorify me. And maybe you don't see it yet. Uh, 
maybe you don't understand that the attitude you have or the thoughts that you have or the way that you um, think of someone in your family or a coworker, or a colleague or a student, that, that doesn't glorify me either, so you don't see me clearly either all the time. So before we are quick to look to others and say, Lord, how can they glorify you? I think we need to recognize that much like these disciples who were his closest companions, they didn't see him clearly either. They didn't fully understand. And though they would fully understand that he was the Messiah, if you look through the book of Acts and later in the books throughout the New Testament, you'll see they're still growing in their understanding. They're still having conflicts and they're still having trouble and church splits and all that's going on and they're still growing to to learn and understand of what it means to see clearly and understanding that it is a lifelong journey. Regardless of where you are in your spiritual journey and regardless of where you are when you leave here and go your separate ways, we are in a continual need to have God awaken us, to open our eyes. And it happens at all ages, different times, wherever we may be. Uh, this morning, my son was in a trikathon. He's five years old and uh, they were raising money. It's, yeah, it's a trikathon, all right? There's... Uh, they were raising money for St. Jude Children's Hospital. And I thought, how wonderful the Kinderhouse is doing this. Teach them at a young age to, to ride their bikes for 20 minutes around the parking lot. Maybe you saw them over at Old Colony this morning. My wife informed me there was like a 30-trike pileup. It wasn't, it wasn't going very smoothly, but, uh, but even starting at a young age of, of, of doing something for others. So even in, at a young age, understanding and growing deeper and caring for others. And it was so sweet. Uh, this week, uh, Logan comes up to my wife just out of nowhere and just says, Mommy, I just, I just feel so sad for people with no arms and no legs and no heads. <laughs> and he was very genuine and sincere in his concern for those with no heads. So even at a young age, we... We, we see him growing, and I hope that we don't get to the point where we become so educated, we become so grown up that we think, I've got it all figured out, because even the disciples, his closest companions, still had so much to learn, and so do you, and so do all of us. I hope you don't stop learning. I hope that you're continually reading. I hope that, but more importantly, I hope that you continually draw closer to Christ, the Lord Jesus Christ, and serve and follow him. Even in the last few years, I've learned about how my attitude on how we spend money and how we use those resources are important, uh, recognizing injustices in the world and how, because of those injustices, I benefit and you benefit. And recognizing, you know what, that's not of God. The Lord has opened my eyes to that. I've become awakened to that. And, and once I become awakened to that, once I come to that understanding, everything must change. You cannot live the same way. If we are benefiting from the injustices of others, then immediately we must stop that and then try to stop that injustice. The way that I think of others and my respecting of others, the moment I realize my attitude or the words of my mouth or the meditation of my heart is not pleasing to Christ, then it must stop and my life must change. But I've also grown in my understanding and beginning to see more clearly just how high and how deep and how wide God's love is for me and how, God, how deep and high and wide God's love is for you. I'm continually awakened to that fact. I'm continually awakened to seeing that more clearly, that, that God's love is... I can't even articulate how wonderful and beautiful it is. I hope you put your faith and trust in that love. I hope that while you have been at ENC, you've begun to see a little more clearly. In verse 22, you may notice from the passage of Scripture, a group of people brought this man to Jesus. And Jesus took him aside. He actually um, took him to another location to heal him. 
It was a group of people that brought him to Jesus, but there came a point in his life when he needed to go off on his own. He needed to return home. And I hope during your time here, among these people, among this community, that we have been faithful in bringing you to Jesus. Not that you already didn't have him in your life, not that you already aware of him, not that we have a special relationship more than any other church or school or anything like that, but that we've hope, hopefully we've done a good job in helping you recognize the love, the grace, the mercy, the everlasting difference Jesus can make in your life. I hope we have been faithful in that. I hope that as you go through your journey, whether it is returning to a church, to a place of worship, or whether you leave the church aside for a time, you will always remember your time here and that though we have never been perfect, though I have never been perfect, we have demonstrated to you the fact that Jesus really is a healer. Jesus really can heal us physically, spiritually, emotionally. That we can worship Him through song and word, that we can worship Him with our mind and our education and what we learn and how our professors challenge us. I hope we've demonstrated that to you. But it's coming to a point, it is there already actually, where you must choose. Will you trust God from the bottom of your heart? Don't try to figure everything out. Listen for God's voice in everything that you do. Everywhere that you go. He's the one who will keep you on track. It is such a blessing to be a part of this community. I hope that you recognize that blessing as well and that in your spiritual walk you've learned some things. I know at times in chapel we've had some challenging chapels and some people we thought, you know, I'm not sure I agree with that person, but I hope they've challenged you. I hope they've opened your mind and your heart to think, maybe this is something that God wants, to see, wants me to see a little more clearly. And I hope you just don't leave it here. I hope what you've learned in the classroom, we would hope that what you've learned in the classroom, you just don't leave here in Quincy, Massachusetts, but but you take it to the places of employment that you're going or to the grad schools. I would say the same for your spiritual journey here and the relationships you've built and the times of worship we have had together. That you don't just say, as a a current friend of mine who is very dear to me, a dear, dear friend, has didn't, (laughs) it's not where he should be in a spiritual journey. When we talk about his spiritual life, he says, oh, those are just my ENC days. Or actually says, my ENC phase. That was my ENC phase. He led a small group, was president in chapel, was even a leader at the school and one of the class councils, and yet he looks back upon his spiritual life and describes it, oh, that's just my, that's just my ENC phase. I hope that this is not just your ENC phase. My prayer for you as we go our separate ways is that you really will trust God from the bottom of your heart. That we've demonstrated and modeled to you that even in the challenging times, even in the dark days, that he is a God that can be trusted. That Jesus Christ does love you, can heal you, can heal the broken relationships, physical healing, spiritual healing, emotional healing. That he is a God worth following. That he is a God worth serving. That he is a God worth surrendering. Every aspect of your life completely surrendered. To him. I pray that you choose to live in such a way. Will you please stand? Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the times of worship you have blessed us with to gather together. And I just want to take a moment and pray for all the seniors that are part of this community, those in this sanctuary this morning, and those uh, that may not be. I thank you for the blessing it's been to be a part of their life here in this community. I thank you for um, 
the way that they have grown and learned. And I just pray your blessing upon them. I pray the graduation ceremony and baccalaureate and all of that just be a glorious time with family and friends. And I pray they choose to serve and follow you all the days of their life. Will you be glorified in all that we do? May the words that we speak be words that bring glory and honor to you. May the life that we live be one that's glorifying to you. And Lord, for all of us here this morning, if there's anything in our life that you need to awaken us to, if there is something in our heart or in our home or in our friendships or in our dating relationships or in the classroom or in the workplace that you need to open our eyes to, that we may not be living the way you want us to, we just take these few moments in silence and we trust that you will speak to us, Lord. May we always live our lives being willing to say that prayer, being willing to be vulnerable before you, asking you to search our hearts and see if there be any wicked way in us and lead us in a way everlasting. Now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Amen. You are dismissed. Enjoy this beautiful weekend.